The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach. I'm joined, as always, by Hudson Standish. And uh, it's here. It is the week I think everybody has been waiting for since the day Steve Sarkeesian was hired. Arch Manning will make his official visit to Texas uh, starting this weekend. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're kind of at a crossroads here where we'll see if there's some finality to this recruitment or if it's going to go on. We've got a big show. We're going to preview that. We'll talk about the rest of the visitors and we'll recap uh, the visitors who were on campus last week. But before we do all of that, Hudson, how's it going? Mike, it's going good. This is the type of week that <laughs> separates the good fans from the bad fans. This is the type of week where do you uh, succumb to your crippling anxiety about Omaha and Arch Manning, or do you just you know take a little bit of a chill pill, let everything develop? I know me personally, I'm going to be on the bad uh, side with the crippling anxiety, so let's get to it. Is it almost too much for the Texas fan to have Omaha and this going on at the same time? Listen, if if it's the like bottom of the seventh, Texas is down one to AM and all of a sudden an update gets posted that's like, hey, uh, some news on Arch Manning. I mean, that's enough to make you have like a, I don't know, a, <laughs> you know for a little bit of a breakdown. A jammer. Um before we get into the show, we do want to remind you that a lot of our scoop, remember, we give you the kind of just the appetizers on this show. The meat and potatoes is on the website. That's where we really put a lot of the stuff. And if, you, if you're not a member of Horns 24-7 and you look below, you can see that we're running a special, uh, I guess we'll call it the Arch Manning Blue Light Special. Um, and it is a 60% off of uh, your annual subscription today. Uh, uh, yeah, your annual subscription. First year at Horns 24-7. Uh, please come there. We'll have, you know, all the coverage we can handle on on Arch and and uh, everything else. There's other visitors coming this weekend, too, in case anybody does care about that. I do want to uh, do some what I call level setting. Uh, or actually, I, I would say the corporate world calls it level setting. It's not that I coined that phrase. Uh, I do want to do some level setting for this weekend. If you follow me at all in my career, you know that I'm very uh, stringent on I do not bother kids during visits. I'm not going to text kids all all weekend and every 10 minutes. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, man, how's it going? Um, you know what? We'll follow up with them on Sunday after they're d- done with their trip, and we'll try to get everything for you then. Everybody's going to want to want Arch updates by the hour. I could tell you based on our previous visits with arch or the i'm sorry the previous visits to texas with arch there's not a lot like it's you know every time we check it it's like yeah he really likes this place that's why he keeps coming back to it that's kind of it so um again we will try to get you something if something big comes up we will definitely have it on the website but don't expect a ton of you know throughout the weekend just Hey, here's what's going on now. Here's what's going on now because, you know, it's just. Uh, I think. I think probably what's realistic is we might have an update for you Friday night, 
uh, we well, we might have an update for you Saturday night, just kind of wrapping up what we're hearing that day. Um, and then, of course, we'll do one Sunday evening. So uh, that's kind of what this weekend and every kind of weekend is going to look like. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely the way I think – you should cover these big recruiting weekends, especially if you prioritize long-term relationships with kids over short-term scoops. Like if maybe you do get a text out of a guy, if you, you know, message him eight times in a row, but everybody knows that's annoying. And that leads to a lot of problems in the long-term with your relationships or just in general with how, kind of the market is perceived or how you as a reporter is perceived. Mike, I do want to say something though, just because maybe our big arch um, update from the official visit weekend might not be until Monday or might not be until Sunday night, we still will be gathering stuff in real time. And I would like to say we kind of had the best update on the last arch unofficial visit of the spring to where we got something really good, I believe, that Saturday night or that Friday night. I kind of can't remember just because it was a little bit of a hectic weekend. But we got a bunch of really good stuff and immediately posted it to the board. So I do want to say, on the other hand, if we do find some nuggets, like we are going to be posting them to the board. We're not going to wait for no reason and hold on to information. So definitely keep on looking at the board and at our socials on the new Instagram, on our Twitter, because – just just because we don't directly reach out to the kids on official visit weekend doesn't mean that we're not gathering scoop and if it's extremely pressing we'll post it so you know there's no guarantees but we are going to attempt and if it's relevant we're going to post um, for for sure i just don't want people thinking oh i need to refresh the site every hour because they're going to have this it's not necessarily going to be the case could be i mean i guess if if the information is flowing it could be but uh it's it's most likely not going to be um all right let's jump right into it uh arch manning making his final what we we anticipate to be his final official visit after seeing uh georgia and alabama earlier in the summer hudson are you somewhat surprised he still made that Alabama trip um no after I did some digging and I might hold that until the national signing day recap slash we'll have a fun conversation after the pod and I know fans are like f off Hudson why wouldn't you just tell me but I did find some intriguing stuff around that visit um I, I am surprised Alabama I mean you want to capitalize on Arch Manning coming to campus, especially if it's going to be a final time. Everybody I talk to does not think that Alabama is going to get Arch Manning. I kind of don't get it from their perspective when you have Eli Holstein committed, but um, that's also not my problem. So, you know. Yeah. You know, I think I said originally when Eli Holstein committed, hey, like, I wouldn't surprise me if Arch still visited Alabama. You um, and so – it didn't necessarily surprise me. I just, I'm kind of like you from Alabama's perspective. If you're Holstein, you don't you have to kind of be like, well, what's, what are we doing here? Um, you know, that, that's like the, the confusing part for me. Yeah. They always say that recruiting is like a relationship. And when you make the parallels for what just happened with Arch Manning coming on, like with a relationship, it kind of goes down a dark, uh, 
dark pathway. <laughs> uh, this will be what we anticipate again to be his last one. I think yeah. the question on everybody's mind, and it's probably the biggest question for me going into or coming out of this weekend is, does this thing end soon this summer or is this thing going into the fall? And if so, who does that benefit and who does that, uh, you know, who does that put at a disadvantage? Mike, I'd say that it might be the biggest question in national recruiting right now, because I know you know this, but the domino effects of Arch Manning's decision are just wild, and it'll create a tidal wave for whoever gets them. And I mean, I don't know if that's a bit hyperbolic. I'd love your thoughts, but I think it literally might be the biggest question in recruiting right now. So I'm of the mind that if it goes longer, I think I think it, it almost is an advantage Texas and a disadvantage Texas. Like, I think if it goes longer, it's a clear indication that Texas is the leader and Arch just wants to see what they do in the fall. Now, the disadvantage is all your chips are on the table and you're not exactly holding all the cards. Um, and if you... You know, depending on how your fall goes, you could really, you know, really benefit or really lose. And so I think that that's kind of how I see the outlook of it. So how I've put it is Arch taking it into the fall is a double or nothing for Texas. Mm -hmm. you, either, you either stink in the fall and not only do you have a bad football season, but Arch Manning decides, yeah, no thanks. Or you double it up and you look good. Arch decides the you know, maybe hop in the boat. And then not only are you riding the wave of an Arch Manning commitment that maybe you would have had, um, you know, in late June or early August. No, you're riding that momentum plus the uh, Bijan Robinson, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, the defense may be looking good that time as well. So I think I'm characterizing it as if he takes it into the fall, it's double or nothing for Texas. Um, and goodness gracious, Mike, uh, I'm just cl somebody clip this for the future. If Arch Manning does take it into the fall and if Texas kind of stinks it up in the fall, uh, somebody do some mental health checks on both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's usually when we're at this point with a recruitment, it's typically because the kid is just so difficult. It's like, okay, I'm tired of this. This is not anything to say about Arch. It's just the, the stakes of this one have been, you know, for two years almost, it's, or two cycles. It's been like, okay, uh, every time he's on campus, you know, the anxiety ratchets up and the, the, you know, you're, you're, your need to get updates and information ratchets up. And it's just to the point where I would be exhausted at this point of visit season anyways, and then add, you know, this weekend to the mix. And it's, it's another, uh, another whole thing. But uh, here's my other question is what does Texas do on this visit to show him something different to maybe differentiate themselves I, you know, I, I talked to him about this during the, the spring when I went out to Newman and he was just kind of like, yeah, I've seen everything. I want to ask them the hard questions and put them in positions to answer questions they don't necessarily want to answer. So I would expect that. But what can they do at this point, um, you know, to, to, to show him that this is the place for him? 
Mike, honestly, I kind of don't know. I've thought about that all week. I don't know what they can really show him. I've thought about the hard questions that Arch is going to ask them. I've thought about maybe what he's going to, how he's going to approach the visit weekend from a talking with Jaquez Petaway and Mikel Harrison Pilot, two of the likely wide receivers that um, are going to be on the visit with them. But to be honest, from the Texas perspective, they've been consistent. They've put it all out there. And one of the things that we know he likes about Texas is that they've never really um, pandered to his number one in the nation level status. They've never really uh, like they treat him well, of course, like a major priority, but it's never been arches on campus. We need to switch up, which, you know, that kind of down to earth approach appealed to him, but it's also the official visit now. So I'm not sure Mike. Yeah, here's here's what I think. Uh, this seems very simple in my mind, but I think at some point the players got to get him to one of those uh, those seven on seven sessions they're doing after workouts, and he just needs to watch Isaiah Naor and Xavier Worthy and uh, Ajay Hall and say, okay. This skill, this talent here is much better than it was when I was here at Oklahoma State. Now, I know he saw a couple of those guys during the spring when he was in for, for practice and stuff, but obviously adding a Jay Hall. I think you've got to get him around the team as much as possible. I think in a lot of his recruitments, or, or, or I'm sorry, in a lot of his visits, it's been a lot of time with the coaches. I think he's really got to spend some time with the team and, and let the team – kind of win him over you know I'm, I'm curious as to who his host is going to be i could probably you and i probably see it being like michael taff the former westlake uh defensive back mm-hmm. who's a walk-on and, and has created a really good bond with him mm-hmm. um he, he kind of I, has a he kind of has a crew that he knows but right. i think to your point too and apologies for briefly interrupting but i think to your point as well it's almost that next level of you have your normal crew that you've been around. Here are the stars of the team, and here's them mm-hmm. kind of supporting you as well. So here's my question, and I don't know, like, have we ever seen Arch? Yeah, I, to my knowledge, I'm trying to think. Have we ever seen Arch visit pictures come out from like Texas? Like, did he post? Did any pictures come out in the spring? I don't think they did. Um, I think every time we see visit pictures, they're always from somebody else, uh, you know, standing with him or something. I think for me, I'm looking for this weekend, if there's an Instagram live or something, or if there's just some shots from the weekend and it's Arch and he's, you know, with Xavier Worthy and he's with maybe Bijan and he's with Quinn Ewers, somebody like that. If those guys are as involved as they've been with the big-name transfers that have come through um, and things like that, I think that that's kind of a good sign for me. I think he's got to get out of his little, you know, his, his crew that he's got, as you put it, and kind of get more ingratiated with the rest of the team. It's going to be interesting for sure, Mike. Also, I do want to circle back on one thing that I was thinking um, around the timeline before we moved on. It's not only Texas fans and Georgia fans and people that were following the Arch Manning recruitment that have to worry about his 
uh, timeline and the domino effect. There are so many 2024 and 2023 QBs that are just like, dude, <laughs> please just let me know or make a call because everybody is, like it's the linchpin that's just going to set off a bunch of stuff when it gets released. So I just quickly wanted to go back to that. Um, here's one for you, Mike. Uh, last time I believe, um, Will Randall visited Arch's teammate, uh, the tight end from Isidore Newman. I don't think that he visited with Arch on the last one. I know that he had one spring visit where he did. Spring game. He came yeah, alone. Exactly. That's going to be something I want to watch too because that's someone that we're kind of monitoring-ish for commitment watch. It's I, Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't make a call during the spring. That's an interesting one going into this weekend, too, because I think that a lot of the casual implication would be, okay, if Will Randall's in the boat, then Arch is for sure in the boat. I think that Will Randall could jump in the Texas class, but that not mean anything whatsoever for Arch. Right. And I will say, like, uh, we've probably been close on doing Will Randall crystal ball forever. I kind of just wanted to wait um, until his visit. And now it's kind of dawning on me that, you know, Perhaps he could just come out of the visit committed and and everything. Uh, just to be clear, um, just to be clear, we do feel that one is heading in one very clear direction, and that direction is Texas. Honestly, Mike, this might be a um, this might be a live you and me putting in a ball segment on the podcast because I might literally do it once we get off. Yeah, this is kind of our version of it. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the other guys that are coming in. Before we do that, uh, we are going to, if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to send you to a word from our sponsors. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Okay, there are other visitors outside of Arch Manning. Um, I just want to make that clear. In fact, looking at the list... There are one, two, three, four, five, six top 150 players in the country that will be in this weekend, in addition, you know, including Arch. Uh, Malik Muhammad, Dallas South Oak Cliff, we've talked a lot about him, was just texting with him, and uh, he said he'll arrive to campus. This will be of no value to the people listening because this comes out tomorrow, but he said he'll arrive to campus around two today. Um, Jaquez Petaway. The four-star wide receiver from Langham Creek. He's a guy that I think, you know, this is one Texas is going to get aggressive with. Brendan Marion's going to try to push. Hunter Osborne from Hewitt Trustville, I believe. Hudson will have some some stuff on him. Uh, Mikhail Harrison Pilot, who we've talked about a little bit uh, from Temple, the two-way star who wants to play receiver at the next level. Uh, we talked about Raul Aguirre, who uh, is visiting a, a linebacker from Whitewater, uh, in the uh, state of Georgia from Whitewater High School. That's one that's probably way out there. We'll get into it. And then, you know, a couple guys out west in Blake Purchase and Michael Gardner, Jalen Smith, another uh, linebacker from uh, Grayson in Georgia, and then Will Randall, who we talked about from Newman as well. Um, 
And Hudson, I guess while we're doing this, we should throw in the fact that Colton Vosick is at the time of we're recording this, probably like wrapping up his official visit. Um, and we've had some stuff on him on the website as well. So uh, pretty big week for Texas overall. Yeah. Mike, what stands I mean, out I, to you? What'd you say? What stands out to you uh, about this group? Jaquez Padaway, I think is the second biggest recruit on campus this weekend. We've kind of mentioned before that it's Oklahoma and Texas with Ohio State in that third spot. He had a really good OV to Oklahoma earlier this month. He has a strong relationship with Cale Gundy. But you know that Oklahoma was a little bit worried about the fact that he was going to be on this official visit with Arch because they really tried to get him to shut it down. And there were a couple of rumblings that, hey, maybe he might actually pull the trigger on a no you commitment. But he waited until um, he could give Texas a shot. And I think that if the trend line follows with Jaquez's visits, that Texas is going to extend or regain the lead after this visit weekend. And Mike, too, you mentioned Colton Vosick, the, I think, number 175 uh, composite player in the country. In most in most official visit weekends or when he took his official visit, the scoop that I posted last night would lead for about a day and a half. But with Arch Manning coming on campus, it's just almost like another update. So Texas crushed it with the Westlake edge and he's going to visit Oregon this upcoming weekend. The noise out of that Oregon uh, official visit is going to be really interesting because I had a source tell me that that could kind of be a Kelvin Banks-ish type recruitment where Oregon probably leads right now and is the hot team, but with what we know with Colton and his family is they're going to let him make the choice. But Texas has kind of always been the school, I guess, what the kind of heart wants. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I, that, that was going to be super interesting to watch just because I, I think that Texas did do enough to maybe make a move this weekend. But, like, then – to immediately have to hold serve from a school like Oregon that's been so big yeah. it is tough. Um, you mentioned Petaway. I, when we saw him in the spring, kind of came away with a really strong feeling for Texas there. I, I know Oklahoma was the other school that we kind of thought was in it. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to, like you mentioned. I do think that do you know Texas can close this this weekend with a good enough visit or, or you know may not necessarily happen this weekend but <clears throat> kind of kind of get it shut down um i just think that uh with especially if i do think that if Petaway were to shut it down this weekend it could possibly be because there was a positive indication from arch um and and that'll be interesting to watch Malik Muhammad from South Oak Cliff i I don't think Texas has done more work to make up ground with any prospect than they have with um, Malik, who they started out really strong with almost faded out of the entire race back early in the spring. And then, you know, with the late spring visit and, uh, 
were able to kind of come roaring back in this recruitment. They'll host him this weekend. Um, and we'll kind of see. I think he's been sporting a lot of Texas stuff lately. He's been talking Texas a lot lately. Uh, that's a big one for Texas. They need a talent at the cornerback position. And, uh, and Manny Muhammad is, uh, you know, as good as it gets in the state of Texas, uh, um, along with a couple of other guys um, in the in the class. Uh, Hudson, anything you want to add on Malik? No, I think you nailed it, Mike. I think I think that's going to be a very interesting recruitment to follow over the next two to three weeks. Tell me about Hunter Osborne. What do you see for him coming into this trip? Yeah, so I still get questions. I still get questions. I, I don't know if anybody in the market is putting it out or what, but I still get questions about Florida with Hunter, which is really weird. Of I hear that they're a leader. If you do not just take my word, because I have a pretty good relationship with Hunter, he did a Instagram Q&A yesterday, and he got asked about Florida, and he said, why do people keep asking me about them? Like, I went on a visit, wasn't my vibe. So first off, Florida, unless it is a big old ruse, uh, I mean, he said himself isn't in the mix. Clemson and Tennessee are two that I keep hearing with Hunter. Texas has a chance to get in that top group. Hunter has kind of compared it to the uh, Mike. You know the Wolver uh, the Wolverine meme when he's looking at the photo in his bed. Mm-hmm. Hunter basically was like, "Yeah, that's me and Justice this weekend." Uh, Justice Finkley, his former yeah. team, who's now at the University of Texas. That's that's uh, me getting ready for this official visit. He really likes Texas as a school. In case you weren't aware, Texas was super late with an offer. They basically only offered about uh, a little over a month ago. And it was late ended, May, wasn't it? Would you say it was like late May, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was either I think it was mid May or early May. But it's crazy that Texas <laughs> gets an official visit with Clemson, Alabama, Tennessee, and like a couple other schools. Um, not Florida top five for a kid in the state of yeah not Florida getting in the top five for a kid from the state of Alabama yes you have the edge with Justice Finkley but that's not the only reason why he's taking this visit he loves the academics at Texas similar to the Finkley's and he did grow up as an Alabama fan but Alabama's not leading this recruitment he just mentioned to me that he loved what Steve Sarkeesian did at Alabama in addition to the fact that Bo Davis was a defensive line coach at uh, U of A. So they do have a chance to make that surge up this weekend. Is it going to be enough to truly win out the recruitment and beat the hard push that Tennessee and Clemson uh, have kind of had for them for a while? I lean no, but I don't know. Texas has kind of been crushing the official visits, Mike. I think that's something that we should talk about too. It's a small sample size with Spencer Shannon, Leona Leifau, and Cedric Baxter Jr., and now Colton Vosick, who we're also hearing. But I get a totally different vibe than last year, where at times it was kind of like, okay, you know, maybe Texas is confident, but we're not hearing as many positives on the visits. Now it just feels like every visit feedback we're getting early is just that it's, you know, 410 to left field. Feels like this recruiting staff has settled in after a year. And yeah. they've kind of got the routine down. They kind of know what they're doing now. It was tough. I mean, it was like gelling a new unit together last year with 
oh, by the way, we're going to, you know, lift the COVID ban. And on June 1st, there will be a million kids showing up on your campus. You know, it's it, it was a tough deal. So uh, I do think they've gotten kind of in their flow a little more. Mikel Harrison Pilot's an interesting one to me uh, at Temple. So right down the road uh, from Texas has never been super hot on Texas, but they've kind of hung around. And, you know, they are talking to him at least about playing the receiver position, which is something he wants. I tend to – I like his upside a little more at defensive back. But, um, you know, Texas is at least giving him that option. So I think, uh, you know, we'll kind of see. He's the one that I'm watching. I think Texas could make a move with. I think they're probably, you know, out of five, maybe three or four, do they come out of this weekend like, okay, now Texas, now you've got to battle Texas to get Mikhail Harrison pilot? I'm I'm going to mention this in an article today on Thursday, Mike, so I don't feel bad spoiling it for the uh, – or I guess not spoiling it, but talking about it for the Friday pod. We get, <laughs> uh, we get the question surrounding Arch Manning almost every single article, and it's okay because it's a worthwhile article, and not everybody – you know, follows and reads every single thing on the board. So not poo-pooing anybody that has asked this, but it is one of the cliches of, hey, Mike, hey, Hudson, if they get Arch Manning, who do you think could maybe hop in the boat? Who do you think is the tidal wave that then – I have Mikel Harrison Pilot kind of lined up as somebody that if Arch did decide to hop – or if the visit was really strong, I could see Mikel kind of – getting that little bit of a visit rub and going super high on Texas. So I'm going to mention that in an article later today. I'm absolutely with you. If they crush the visit with him personally, and if he, you know, gets a little bit of that Arch Manning visit uh, rub, I think that Texas could absolutely get into that top spot or probably number two behind Oklahoma. We'll see. Uh, Blake purchased from Cherry Creek and Inglewood. I talked to Blair and Gulo on the 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Podcast. Blake is a kid in his region who he's actually really high on. He thinks the industry undervalues him, and that kind of reflects in that we are the highest grade on him. Uh, he and Michael Gardner both visiting, and I think that Blair's thoughts from what he told me were that Oregon probably is the school to watch for both those guys. Both are intrigued by Texas, but both have a lot less familiarity with Texas. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what the buzz is on those two guys coming out of the weekend. And then Jalen Smith from Grayson. This is a guy that I think, you know, lengthwise is just kind of what they're looking for at the linebacker position um, is a guy that, you know, depending on how the rest of the class shakes out, they could push for down the line. I don't have a ton else on him as far as like other top schools or anything like that. I just think that he's a guy they want to get in here, get a look at and kind of get visited so that if they need to, you know, go harder and push for him, he's been here already. He's, he's familiar with this. Anything you want to add on this group before we kind of go to last weekend? Um, I have one more kind of on this group, kind of on last weekend a little bit. So a nice little segue, Mike, something that I was thinking about when we're talking about the fact that they've had four official visits and they've kind of crushed them all. Do you think part of it is the fact, yes, the continuity on the recruiting staff definitely, and just, you know, coaching recruiting department definitely has paid dividends. Part of it too, and maybe we've talked about this before, just in personal conversation, uh, 
a little bit of it, Mike, too, don't you think, is just the fact that they've had a full year and or a full like 18 months to read these kids, take them on multiple visits. Like their first visit isn't the official anymore. Yes. When because of COVID, that's kind of how it was for a lot of the 22 cycle. Like I think that's one reason why with you know CJ Baxter or Spencer Shannon, it's like they've had at least one visit, if not a couple, to really get to read them, get to visit them at their schools so they know exactly what is and what isn't going to really hit on the official. Yeah, absolutely. Now, having said that, looking at this list, you know, Osborne, Purchase, Jalen Smith, Michael Gardner will yeah. be all their first visits. So, I think uh, Michael has visited once before. That's the only one. Okay. Uh, so there are still a couple, but, yeah, you're right. I think that that was kind of an underreported – my dog wants to join the show again. I think that was kind of an underreported uh, aspect of last year was that they didn't have the familiarity with those kids going into those visits. It was just, okay, visits are here, get them in and, and get them recruited. And, you know, to pull a top five class out of that with a five and seven record, I think people don't appreciate how, you know, kind of impressive of a performance that was. Um, let's go back to last week. We're gonna. We're not gonna go in depth on this. I feel like we've hammered the uh, Texas Elite Bash weekend and kind of everything from it. We'll do some highlights, but we've talked a little bit about the three official visitors. We have a commitment. It took us till thirty-two minutes into the show to talk about the fact that Texas got a commitment this week. Um, Spencer Shannon, the tight end from Modern Day, going into the weekend, we thought Texas could really, you know, smash that one home with a good visit. Sounds like they had a good visit and. Uh, you know, talking to Spencer on Sunday, he called me on the way to the uh, on the way home from the airport in L.A. And, you know, it was kind of like, OK, this is going one way here. And I started calling around and, you know, we did our we did our due diligence uh, to get as many sources as possible. And, um, you know, I think by the, about the time Sunday evening, Monday morning that we had figured out that he was going to commit pretty soon. We we had enough that we felt good in going with the crystal balls, writing the story and all that. And then we just got a finally from somebody like, yeah, it's done. He gave me the gave me the word on it. So that was uh, like I told Hudson when I sent him the news uh, that we had got that. It was uh, it was the equivalent of Silas Arjuan hitting a home run in an 11 to one game <laughs> late in the inning. It's like, OK, we know we got this, but here's here's more just for just to drive it home. Uh Hudson, I'm going to tee you up with your your favorite question. Is Spencer Shannon just a Pac-12 tight end? And if so, would that be bad? Yeah, I just defended people on the board. But, like, there was one person that was like, listen, is he an SEC tight end or is he a Pac-12 tight end? It's like, I don't care. He's good. He's good at football. He's a six foot seven inline guy that they can put at their Y spot that's going to be really effective blocking and that can turn into a plus in the receiving game. I mean, Mike, we've talked, I feel like we've talked about it on multiple. As soon after the spring game, I feel like we talked, yo, this Spencer Shannon kid is a take. He's awesome. Like, we watched the film, we love him. He's great. And there was also a couple of people being like, well, sorry if I'm not, um, you know, enthused about the number, you know, 40 something tight end. 247 has him uh, graded as an 88 in the top. Like, he, he's a very good player. That, 
you know, has high level reps for one of the nation's best, if not the nation's best prep football program. And he's, you know, Greg Biggins uh, mentioned that he's only going to increase in his usage for modern day. So it's just one of those ones where don't stargaze, look at the tape, look at the overall, you know, athletic profile. And likely if he kind of continues on his um, trend line, you know, he'll probably get another bump and end up as just one of the better tight ends in the nation, specifically too. Even if he's not ranked in the you know top whatever for tight, like he fits a specific need that Texas has. They have a lot of potential H bodies. They needed a Y, somebody that they could put next to a tackle and that could road grade, so they can run wide zone or that so that he can seal on power. Like this is just a great pickup. And also, Mike, one one more quick thing too. Sorry, um, we were kind of chomping at the bit for the crystal ball. I'd say all weekend with Shannon. And it was kind of funny because it had it did feel like we had three different sources kind of confirming the way it was going. And I mean, we still had, you know, we waited until I think Monday around one something. And I mean, we still kind of had everybody else in the market beat by yeah. however long it took them to see the pick. I don't know. I think we've been all over this and I'm going to reminisce in a second here. We do have a bit of breaking news coming to the pod. Just got a text from the previously mentioned uh Blair Angulo, who tells me that Blake Purchase has canceled his visit to Texas so we could take him off the list. Just wanted to mention that since we previously talked about him. Um, and I think if you kind of look <laughs> I think if you kind of look at where things are going, Blake Purchase is an edge, you know, I think with with Vosick and you know Braylon Shelby coming and some other bodies. I think it's kind of, hey, I, I don't feel like I'm a priority here for y'all. So that's great. That's fine. I'm going to go somewhere where I do feel like a priority. Good for him. Um, all right, back to this. I've got to give a shout out to Brandon Huffman, um, on Spencer Shannon, and I believe Spencer Shannon continues the streak for me. And the streak is the first year I was doing this. I went out to Las Vegas for I go out to Las Vegas every February for for a pylon or battle. One whatever seven on seven tournament is hot that week. Um and I kind of think the first year I went, my boss was like, I don't really get the point of you going to Las Vegas. And it's always been good because I've gotten on the forefront of those West Coast guys. There's a lot of West Coast guys out there at the at that tournament. Year one, I got Jameer Johnson. Uh, I got to know him. And uh, year two, they didn't have it because of COVID. After that, uh, Malik Murphy last year, and now Spencer Shannon. I saw Spencer Shannon in February at the Battle Tournament in Las Vegas. Shout out to Brandon Huffman, who when we ran into him at a Chick-fil-A before the tournament, kind of asked him, hey, you're big, who are you? And um, then like later, Brandon walks over to me and goes, hey, remember the kid we saw at Chick-fil-A? Apparently, Texas is like his dream school or something, so go talk to him. Um, so shout out to Brandon Huffman, who I believe the day I put the crystal ball in sent me a Chick-fil-A gif on Twitter. So uh, the, the best out west uh, continues to, to rave. <laughs> um, 
elsewhere on that visit weekend, we've talked a lot about Cedric Baxter. I think Texas comes out of this weekend extremely confident with their performance in the recruitment. I think the only thing that worries me a little bit is they were first, and now there's opportunities for others. But I think if you put the visit in a vacuum based on what we've heard, things went extremely well. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Um, And then – Last but not least, Leona Lethal, uh from Hawaii. And Hudson, you mentioned it. You put it on our social channels and stuff. But how incredible were some of the pictures coming out of the, that visit and just the way Texas was able to help him connect with his hometown, his high school, and his heritage? Yeah, Mike, I, I was actually going to mention something about this uh, with Baxter, but I'll mention it now. The cool factor for all three uh, visitors last weekend uh, in the 23 cycle was just off the charts. Cedric Baxter, cool as hell. Leona Leifau, though he has a visit photo and with the Kahuku uh, High School flag. That's one of my favorite things Texas has ever put out. And then Spencer Shannon is just your classic kind of Cali cool kid, and he's six seven. So like off the charts for all three. But that Leona Leifau photo is, I mean, if well, they don't, if he, if he, if you know, God. God knows if he ends up at Texas, they just need to frame that in the locker room. Like, sorry. Well, and none of them look alike. They don't look cookie cutter. They look like they're individually designed for those kids. I think that was, I think they were impressive kind of having the first big official weekend and, and, and having in mind, like, okay, this is what the type of stuff we're going to see going forward. Uh, I, I think they were really impressive from that aspect. Yeah. Mike, um, and- Go ahead. I was just going to say, and with the cookie cutter thing, everybody knows the type of photos you do at various schools. And so Texas being able to add that personality and uniqueness is major. Like, it seems like it would be kind of last in the priority list. But I don't know. It is a big deal in Texas kind of getting an edge up on some other schools. And that is big. Yeah. Uh, Lefau, you know, coming into the weekend was probably the guy we were lowest on chances wise. I do think Texas has some natural advantages. You know, they're, they're really battling Oregon and Utah. I do think the fact that they're going to the SEC is a feather in their cap. I think that Lefau sees himself as the best. He wants to play against the best. And I think you can wave kind of that SEC over Pac-12 thing in his face. Now, Look, he's got a lot of ties at both of those schools, and he's going to Oregon this weekend. I'm really interested to see what the noise is coming out of the Oregon visit because if the noise is overwhelming, then okay, he's probably going to end up at Oregon or Utah. But if it's kind of quiet and it's like, oh, you know, we don't really know how it is, I could see Texas start to emerge as maybe a player in this recruitment down the line. And so I think they've done a great job. I, you know, talking to Leona, he raved about, you know, the relationship Jeff Choate has kind of put in there and, and the work he's done. And look, Choate's got the most, uh, you know, it's the most enviable job in, in recruiting. Every time a recruiting opens, he flies to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, there's worse places to travel to. But, you know, I, Leona specifically mentioned to me that last winter when you could start going out on the road and guys could start making school visits and things like that, while everybody went out to secure their 2022 prospects, the first trip Jeff Choke made was to Hawaii. And that kind of showed him how valued he is there. And I think that that he really does, you know, have that good relationship with him. And so 
we'll just uh, we'll kind of see how it goes. That's an, like I said, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the underclassmen thing, but any let's just a couple highlights. What stood out to you? Um, the Cali kids really dug Texas. I think that's the main thing. Whether it was Marcus Harris who got an offer from Mother Day, Peyton Woodyard from St. John Bosco, there were a ton of California kids that. The I think that a lot of the cliche about Austin resonating with those kids kind of stood out. Texas did make a little bit of a move with uh, Lake Belton stud wide receiver Micah Hudson, who's a five-star in the 2024 class. And Texas sent out, I believe, 20-plus offers. So those are some of the big takeaways. Yeah, I'm going to give you this uh, this moment to do what you've been doing in, in our phone calls off the show if you want to gush about 2026 offer Julian Lewis, you can uh, you can go ahead. Yeah, so Mike knows this, but for those who don't, I and Mike as well, I'm going to put words in your mouth. We do not enjoy the, oh, okay, he's a rising freshman. He was killing it at the eighth grade level. I don't care. I want to see you play varsity football. However, Julian Lewis, a 2026 quarterback from I uh, – believe Georgia, I'm blanking on the high school name. Carrollton. Uh, Carrollton, yes, which is a pretty good program out in Georgia. Absolutely blew me away with our interview afterwards, and he blew the staff away, and Steve Sarkeesian extended an offer. Before he has a 2025 quarterback offer out, he sent one out to a 2026. That just shows you how impressive he viewed Julian Lewis. He already has an Alabama-Georgia offer. Julian said that Sark told him he is one of the highest mental um he has one of the highest mentals of just as far as reading progressions um you know kind of picking yourself up after bad throws that he's ever seen from a quarterback that young so i i just kind of think that that is a guy to maybe be the outlier for the i don't care for young kids and recruiting uh i guess uh rule that i normally have Hey, every once in a while, you meet a special one like like that when they're in eighth grade. I've met. Yeah, you had it with Decorian, and I would say Malachi Nelson. I met at the basically the same age as going from eighth grade into ninth grade at Tom Herman's camp a couple of years ago in California, and he was like the same thing. Talking to him as an eighth grader, I was like, "This kid gets it. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's not he's not out here just spitballing, and you know he understands and." obviously from what we saw the talent on the field. So yeah, it's uh it is silly. I know some of you roll your eyes when you hear 2026, but hey, we're talking this is probably going to be a major battle in a couple of years and and we're laying the foundation for it now. Yeah, and as I put in my article on Julian, if you want to read it, it's still up on the site. You might have to search a little bit, but I I mentioned in the article too. I mean, we do have two full world cups before he uh is <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Anything else, Hudson, before we get out of here? We've done 45 minutes. I think uh, I think we got a good show put together. Should we tease when we're going to have the post-official visit pod? Yeah, absolutely. So Sunday night, hopefully after we get gather all this information, we'll sit down, record another pod. Um, that's probably special because Arch is here. I don't think we're going to do that every official visit weekend. Um but we'll have that out Monday morning, I believe. Okay, yes, Monday morning. So, uh, yeah, we, we should have like kind of an instant reaction, as instant as one can be, 
Monday morning after the visit. And of course, we'll have a stampede out Monday morning, uh, which should be a uh, kind of a collection of all of this stuff. So once again, if you're listening to the show, if you're not a member of Horns 24-7 and you'd like to be, look down at the bottom of your screen here, 60% off of your first year, um, and you can get in on the stampede. You can get in on the uh, the late night huddle is not to miss. Anytime we do a chat on a board, it's it's done there for our VIP. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's there's there's a lot. So uh, make sure you uh, take advantage of that. And, All right, and real, real quick too, Mike, just real quick, please like, please subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, I know that a lot of times that is a thing that people throw in there, but it genuinely does help us out a lot and boost mm -hmm. the show. And also. Uh, real quick, too, on the subscription thing. I get it. I've been there. I used to be a fan. I was a no interviews pod listener. I get it. But with this special, it is literally just like, what, my 350-ish a month when you break it down? like I'm not good at math, but that sounds right. It. Yeah. Um, also, we've kind of revamped our Instagram, and we've got a lot of hot content coming from there. Hudson's been grabbing stuff from official visits that kids are posting, reposting to the Instagram. So check that out. Uh, it's just, I would assume, Horns 24-7 on Instagram, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's all of our plugs. Thank you to all you guys for listening. Thank you to Hudson for doing the show with me. Thank you to Taylor for producing. Uh, I'm Mike Roach for Hudson Sandish. We will see you guys next week.